This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. What's that old saying? A week is a lifetime in politics, and what a week it has been. I remember that a week ago exactly, we were talking about the Liberals' problems and uh, the one conviction in that case. But uh, today we're talking about turmoil in the Ontario Conservative Party. It continues as the party is cleaning house following the resignation of Patrick Brown. Last night, the party president, his close ally, Rick Dykstra, resigned ahead of allegations of sexual assault. And interim leader Vic Fideli released a statement saying the party will move ahead with a new president. Allegations notwithstanding, it makes sense that the new people in charge are cleaning house, although Patrick Brown's chief of staff, a man credited with being one of the main architects of his victory, is staying on as Fideli's chief of staff, though he has said he will be neutral in the race. On Friday, we learned there will be a race and a vote for a new leader before the end of March, but we still don't know what the rules around the contest will be. And in addition, any minute, there will be a statement from Doug Ford about what his plans are, and we're going to bring you that statement as soon as it comes through. Um, Now, I'm going to give the numbers. 416-360-0740, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We want to hear where you're at on all of these things. And right now, I'm here with Kevin Godet, who is a conservative activist from Bright Point Strategy. And we have Mike Van Solen from Navigator, another conservative commentator. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Good to be here, Libby. Thanks, Libby. Hi, Mike. Um, okay, so uh, let's start with Kevin. Uh, where are we at? I mean, looking at this from the outside, it, it looks like, boy, what a mess. But but it, how do you see it? Well, uh, <clears throat> there's no doubt that it's a, it's a messy situation when a, a leader steps down. But it's not uncommon, though, that there should be a period of messiness, and you don't just go from overnight from one leader to suddenly snap your fingers and there's a new one. So there clearly has to be a period of transition, and those the ideal goal is to make them as short and as smooth as possible. It's only been a few short days. Uh, the good news is I think there's plenty of time before an election, and there's a real opportunity for the party to showcase uh, a new leadership candidate's and Vic Fidel is the interim leader. I understand he's planning to run for the permanent job, and whomever else may choose to run. There's an opportunity to shine the spotlight on some new leaders and fresh face ahead of uh, an electorate who, when they went to bed Wednesday night, didn't like Kathleen Wynne, and they woke up Thursday morning, they didn't like her any better, no matter what happened with Patrick Brown. Uh, Mike, how do you see this? Uh, you know, some of the things that we have seen since Wednesday looks uh, like, you know, conservatives kind of aiming at each other instead of at Kathleen Wynne. Sure. I mean, uh, I don't think that should be surprising anybody. It's going to be obviously a time of reflection and soul searching as a party when you take, uh, 
you lose a leader. Uh, we've now lost a, a president. Uh, we've seen a lot of sort of key architects, uh, the, you know, key people who are going to guide us through to the next election have to have to leave or choose to leave. So you're going to get this time of self-reflection, and uh, you know, there's going to be some pin, uh, finger pointing that comes with it. Um, I think what's key for the party is is uh, you know we have to move through this process. There's clearly going to be a process, and I imagine some of that sausage making is not going to be fun to watch, uh, or may, you know maybe for the media and, and spectators it might be really. <laughs> I was fun going to, watch. to say, <laughs> uh, but as a conservative, it won't be that fun to watch. And what will be critical is how uh, if we're able to, as a party, turn the corner and look ahead to a leadership, um, look ahead to building uh, a better team, and to give us a better chance in June. Looking at it from the outside, Kevin, it looks like maybe there are different factions trying to take control of the party apparatus. You had Patrick Brown's people who were out. Now there's Vic Fideli uh, and people in the caucus. And then there there are, you know, there are candidates, uh, nominated candidates whose names are being touted who have big bases, you know, notably Rod Phillips and Caroline Mulrooney. Uh of course there are. There are. Of course there are. And, and there should be. Uh, the, the stakes are high. Uh, we're talking about uh, access to the, the job of leader of the opposition uh, within four months, less than four months, the possibility of becoming premier of Canada's largest province, uh, responsible for running $150 billion a year budget, uh, appointing uh, more than 3,000 staff uh, and, and appointees across the province. Uh, you know, the role of premier is an influential, powerful role, so it's not surprising after an assassination uh, or whatever you want to call uh, you know, the resignation of, of Patrick Brown. Of course there are factions. Hey, that uh, should be no surprise to anybody. Okay, so um, just a minute. I am getting uh, this just in. Doug Ford is running for the PC leadership. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Uh, okay, wait. Uh, there's more copy. Um, Ontario's progressive conservatives have appointed a new president after the abrupt resignation of Rick Dykstra. It's, uh, and I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Jag Budwal, a longtime PC party activist, has been named party president. Okay, a lot to react to. Uh, uh, first of all, Kevin... Uh, Doug well, Ford running. Well, let me start with the JAG issue, because that's the easier to deal with. So JAG Badwell was our existing first vice president, and the Constitution actually states that the first vice president becomes president. So um, it's really, that's just the natural state of affairs. The public wouldn't know that, but there was nothing crazy or peculiar or interesting about that other than we're following the rules that are in place, which is to have our first vice president step into the role of president. Uh, JAG will do a fine job. Um, and Doug Ford running for leader of the PC party, the bigger issue, that's the bombshell. Uh, you know, because he, he's a very different force from, uh, you know, what Patrick did and from what other people like the putative candidates uh, alleged to run, Caroline Mulroney or Rod Phillips, you know, so-called more, more progressive individuals. So, you know, there's a lot of people who, who suggest that someone like Doug Ford takes the party back or, or to, a, to a narrower perspective, I guess we stand to see, and it relates, of course, also to important questions to be raised to him quite quickly around the platform, for example, carbon taxes and any other number of commitments in the platform. So it, uh, that is a huge bombshell in this race. Uh, Mike, your perspective on that bombshell? 
Yeah, Mr. Ford's going to suck up a lot of oxygen uh, in this campaign. Uh, you know, he has him and his former brother were were fantastic at uh, attracting attention and sustaining it. So this will be an un uh, you know we will not be able to turn away, uh, and um, he, he's really going to uh, have a huge impact on what happens in this race. I think it will be, uh, you know, he he was certainly one of the potential candidates who I thought might have difficulty with the platform that was agreed to. Kevin's alluded to this appropriately. And so, uh, you know, I think we're going to get a slate of candidates now. And part of, you know, one of the first questions will be, you know, do you support the existing platform or are you proposing new ideas? And I think we're going to see the party have some debate about that now for sure. Um, I can't can't grade it whether this is good news or bad news, but it's certainly shocking news. And uh, it could just be something else for the party to digest um, in what's been a week of, of, uh, you know, difficult meals to put down. Well, uh, it's interesting. Some of the commentary that I saw, you know, and before it was decided that there would be a race, uh, said that those who were hoping to go forward without a race, that that was specifically intended to exclude Doug Ford. Well, uh, yeah, it's hard for me to, I don't know if Kevin had a comment. Uh, you know, I certainly felt there was a group, uh, you know, it seemed to be centered in caucus who were comfortable with the idea of Vic as leader through the election. And they thought the, the time and energy that would go into a leadership, um, you know, I took it to, to, to be regardless of who, who might be in it, was just time that we didn't have uh, the luxury of, of using up. Um, so there were, were, were certainly groups that thought that it was important just to let Vic uh, run with this and, and move on. But I can't, uh, you know, I, I'm certainly on the side that I think the leadership will be important. I don't see how you could go to the electorate and say, here's our leader, um, please vote for us, and we're going to have a, a leadership after the election, and, and you know, you'll find out then who, uh, who you ultimately have chosen uh, for the most important political office in this province. So. I certainly agree with that. I I can't imagine just uh you know as a voter ever voting for a party when I don't know who the leader is. Yeah. Uh, but please uh, no that, go well, that, ahead. that that's uh, so uh, for some reason caucus I think obviously wasn't in the room caucus thought that they were fearful of the impact of a leadership campaign and its distraction and and how it will keep the party from raising money for two months. Um, and there's risk in leaderships of things exploding and the party, fall, the party falling apart. I've got greater confidence in the membership than that, to be honest. And and, and, I, and I'm sympathetic to, to both your comments, Mike, and yours, Libby, where I just can't understand how a candidate would be standing in front of a podium. There'd be ads and questions from media and, and, and third-party, you know, Working Families Coalition would be running attack ads. You know, a vote for, in, the, in this case, a vote for Vic Fideli would be a vote for a question mark. Imagine the, the, the leader in that circumstance would have been hamstrung every single day of the campaign dealing with those weird process questions. So uh, that's a great, to a great extent why the executive of the party in Ontario voted to have uh, an election leadership. And we'll see in the next couple of days what the rules look like for that contest. Well, um, it's really interesting. Kevin, uh, just before we went to air, you and I were talking about who is going to be eligible to vote? Because we know that a big factor in Patrick Brown's leadership is that he signed up a lot of people. So uh, 
is there going to be a period when Doug Ford or anybody else can sign up candidates, or is it going to be limited uh, to people who were signed up, say, as of last Thursday? So I was involved with the federal vote uh, for the federal leadership, the Conservative Party of Canada, and, and this applies equally to any leadership for that matter. There just is necessarily a number of things that have to happen, and there's only so much time left for that to happen, by which I mean... If you're going to do a mail-in vote, you actually have to know who's who's the candidate. Yeah, you have to print ballots with their name on it. You've got to put them in in, in packages. They have to be mailed out across the province, and in this case, some two hundred thousand of them. You have to wait for Canada Post to actually deliver those in a timely fashion. Lord knows how long that could take. <laughs> People have to have enough time to actually fill out their ballots and then mail them back again through Canada Post. There's just a certain amount of time that some of these steps in the process necessarily take, and when you look at that. I'm not saying that there won't be any time for candidates to sell memberships, but if there is, it's going to be extraordinarily short because there literally just isn't the time possible to do it. Okay, uh, just hang on a sec, guys. Uh, We have Doug Ford's uh, very short statement, and uh, let's have a listen. We've seen backroom politics at its worst. Insiders trying to politically capitalize at the expense of the people. Elites who are disconnected from the grassroots of the party and don't care about the average struggles of Ontarians. This hostile environment cannot continue. Right now, the party needs strong leadership. Someone who is ready to clean up the mess and lead us into the June election. This is why today I'm announcing I'll be running for the leader of the Ontario PC party and to be the next premier of this great province. Wow. <laughs> That's, um, I'd say, guns blazing. Uh, before we get your uh, commentary on that, I just want to give the numbers out again. Uh, I know that, like everyone else, our listeners have strong opinions about Doug Ford. So I uh, want to hear from you. What do you think of that? 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We just heard uh, Doug Ford's announcement that he is going to run for the PC leadership. And let us start with Mike this time. What do you think of that announcement? It's vintage Ford uh, coming out swinging, uh, talking about elites, uh, speaking, try, attempting to speak uh, on behalf of, of the average Ontarian. Uh, I think we can expect, uh, you know, he was true to form. I think we can expect more of this from him in the leadership race. You know, uh, you know, you know be, being someone who's a, been a member of the PC party for a long time, uh, I'll say that I'm, you know, wanting to find uh, silver linings <laughs> in any development. So he's going to bring a lot of energy to this uh energy to this leadership contest and I think if he can really focus on uh, help keep us focused on what uh, average Ontarians uh, want that will be helpful for uh, you know the overall contest and the discussion that we have so uh, I expect he'll be true to form we saw it just there in the clip you played and uh, uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot more of uh, vintage Ford to come. Uh, okay, now Kevin, here is uh, another question I'm throwing at you. So one of the names being touted, of course, is Caroline Mulrooney, and uh, she has a lot of positives. And uh, I'm told she's a great person, but she's very inexperienced. Uh, what would you think about uh, Caroline Mulrooney, who obviously is the daughter of a former prime minister, uh, up against that? 
So uh, at this point in time, I think of all the four names that I've heard so far to run, Vic Fideli, uh, Doug Ford, Caroline Maroney, Rod Phillips, I'd say about the same thing about all of them at a high level, which is they all have strengths and they all have weaknesses. Um, Caroline's strengths are she's a fresh face, she's an accomplished woman, she's a mother, um, she's a soft-spoken woman, um, she's well-received. Uh, you know, the, the downside for Carolyn, just necessarily speaking, is she's green as grass. Uh, she's not been tried. She's not been tested. Um, of course, she can raise money. Um, Doug can raise money. Doug has an appeal to a certain swath or of the base of the of the party, um, but he's also capable of being bombastic and he's capable of being divisive. Um, so, you know, handca- handicapping the race at the early stage is, is going to be interesting. You know, if Carol, and then we get into all these hypotheticals, could we expect to see both Rod Phillips and Caroline Mulroney both run because they're both from a progressive side of the party? Um, you know, there would be fears and risks of vote splitting from the progressive vote. So uh, there's going to be a couple of days of a whole lot of more speculation going on. Mike? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm having a hard time processing the, the speed at which this is happening. Um, look, I, I, you know, what I will say is, you know, I, I appreciated the platform that came out. And, and so, you know, I'll be looking at each of these candidates, you know, certainly thinking about winnability in June, certainly thinking, you know, clearly we need a face uh, to uh, a new face for the party. Um, we know the party is greater than the individual, but when we see the fall of an individual, the way we have in the last uh, few, few days, clearly it's important that we have a new face for the party and one that Ontarians can uh, can see, can see uh, in themselves, can see what they hope and aspirations are for the province, and uh, it could be a face that allows us to turn the page from you know this this terrible this terrible sequence of uh, of events. Um, you know, I, I feel like Doug. Doug is, is well known. I'm not going to get into grading the candidates as yet, but you know, Doug's well known. We know, we know he, we know what he's like, and we probably know what to expect. Vic is maybe not as well known to the general public, but certainly within conservative circles, he's well known. Uh, you, you know, Rod uh, and Caroline probably the the least known among just sort of conservative operatives and um, the, the general public. But I, I, you know, I'm happy with this field, and we'll be happy to see how they discuss the issues and and what they do to reach out to Ontarians. Yeah, Mike Mike made reference to the platform. I chaired the convention last fall and helped shepherd the process that created the platform that was launched at that. It was a grassroots process across the province with thousands of members and individuals consulted. Uh, So when we raised the platform, it's relevant to the voting membership of the PC party. Its process and its contents may, may, may not be so much so to the voting public, but it becomes actually a relevant question fairly early in the campaign for any of these leadership candidates. Will you or won't you be sticking with the platform that the party came up with? And a leadership candidate can say yes or no, uh, but they can expect to get that question fairly early in a campaign. And if they say no, then they have to come up with a platform that probably needs to be created and costed in a short period of time. And that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, yeah, and it's, there's also a question, uh, you know, in terms of a voting public. Again, you say, okay, we, we heard about this platform, though I'm not sure how many people in the public really, you know, focused on, on the conservative platform. And then it's, suddenly it's all changed. Um, Wow. Um, I'm going to take a few calls here, guys. Hang on. We've got Jim in Hanover. Hello, Jim. Hello. Yes, I just wanted to comment. I hope the Conservatives don't dilly-dally around and play around like they don't know what they're doing. 
They're going to have to be decisive, make up the mind, and show that they can take a crisis and handle it right away. Instead of, oh, well, if we do this, we do that. We don't want that stuff. Show your leadership in your party, then people will trust you with the province's uh, dealings. Sounds like great advice, Jim. Thanks for that. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, let's go to Bill in Toronto. Well, I'm part of that uh, swath that uh, wants Ford. I think it's a great day. And just listen to the way he came in there. He nailed it right on the head. We're fed up with the corruption of this current government. We're fed up with the incompetence on the hydro file. And like your last caller said, you need somebody to come in and take the bull by the horns and run with it. No finer person than Doug Ford. Okay, thanks for that. Let's go to Jane in Oakville. Hello, Jane. Hi. I just wanted to make a comment on the bio that your, your guest just gave on Caroline Mulrooney's assets. He said she's a mother, but he didn't mention that she's a lawyer. And I think when women run for office, I mean, this is like Hillary Clinton face, can they not have more assets in their favor than being a mother? That, is that the only thing that they can see when they look at women? She's a lawyer, which is a lot more than a lot of people around this current Conservative Party have going for them in education. Oh, Jane, I I hear you, but and I can see Kevin wanting to respond to no, that. I, so. I appreciate your comment, thank yeah. you, Jane. And uh, it was a shorthand. Uh, when I say that, I'm I'm very well aware that uh, Caroline Maroney has an undergraduate degree from Harvard. She's got a law degree from New York University. And the only reason I didn't mention them was her academic pedigree is not tremendously dissimilar from Rod Phillips. So when I mentioned that she was a mother, I was just thinking about it from the perspective of how she differs from Rod in that context, especially with the, the only possible woman name being reported so far. Uh, I don't definitely don't see her that way or only that way. Just just to clarify, I appreciate how my language may have come across that way. But but trust me, not only do I not, I'm sure most people don't see her as just that. No, I'm certain they don't. Okay, thanks, Jane, for that. Thank you. Good to remember. Okay, uh, this is a great conversation. We have to take a quick break and we will be right back with more on this. So hang on. Uh, call us if you haven't been able to get through. The number's 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740, and we'll be back with Kevin Godet and Mike Van Solen. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Uh, we are talking about uh, bombshell after bombshell. We just learned that Doug Ford will be running for the PC leadership. Uh, we played his announcement uh, where he basically came out thundering against party elites who were trying to stop people from having their say. Uh, Our guests have been describing it as uh, vintage Doug Ford. uh, And we've opened it up. And of course, you know, a lot of people support Doug Ford. And uh, it's just turned extremely interesting. Uh, I'm going to start by going back to the phones. Margaret in Thornhill. Hello, Margaret. Oh, hi. Good morning, uh, Libby. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. I'm so happy and pleased to hear that Doug is running. Uh, He'll make a great uh, leader for the Conservative Party. They need somebody strong, honest, integrity, and he will run uh, for leadership and be good. And also, hopefully, he'll be Premier of Ontario. It's a great province, and we need somebody strong. 
Okay, that Margaret. Thanks for that. Uh, Thank Margaret. Thanks for having me. Okay, Thank thanks. You. Okay, let's go to John in Brampton. Hello, John. Hi, Libby. Go ahead. You're on the air. Oh, okay. Um, okay, two things. Number one, um, I can't believe what's gone on so far with the Conservative Party over the past week. Um, if uh, Vic Fideli were to run for the party I, I, or would win um, the nomination, I would never collect another dime for that party. I would never vote for them again. Uh, he's, a, he's a perfect example of a politician, the kind we don't want. If Ford runs, I'll be right there with whatever resources I have. We, we, we should by now, we, we, we should be angry enough, frustrated enough, not to want more of the same mealy-mouthed politicians who give anything that is ever asked for if it gets them one more vote. Are, are you a member of the party? Yes, I am. Okay. But, as I said, that will change quickly. If I, I can't believe that guy would suddenly stab Brown in the back on the basis of what it, to, these, these two women, coincidentally as hell, just happened to hit the same day with their very similar complaint. Um, you know, our prime minister as well was, was great. He, he made it very clear white males don't have the benefit of the legal system. Are you suggesting uh, that? Are you suggesting that uh, Vic Fideli stabbed Patrick Brown in the back? Uh, I, I'm uh, hopefully it's more than a suggestion. I mean, I want it to be crystal clear. Um, His comment, what before any of this was ever looked at in a way that could even be examined fairly, was, oh, I believe those girls. Now he doesn't know these girls. He doesn't know their background. He doesn't know anything about them. But his comment right away was, well, I believe these girls, because apparently the feminazis have made it clear that anybody who says they're a victim must be believed. There's no charter of rights. There's no legal system involved. Well, the legal system is actually not involved. It's not, I mean, this, this is not in the legal system, and uh, it's uh, in the court of public opinion, and I think uh, a lot of people are very worried about the speed that that these things are are happening. And again, uh, I was cons- is based on anonymous allegations, but um, you're, it's there. There is no legal legal system involved here, and you know it that's what should be. What? It should be. Libby, it, you know, I, I'm all, if, if somebody's guilty of anything like that, punish them. Okay, without question. But let's know that that they are. This is a perfect case for the use of polygraphs in the system. Let's, let's, I, and I go with that 100%. You did it, you're guilty, you didn't do it. Okay, it John, uh, thank you very much for that. Thanks, Libby. Okay, uh, uh, Kevin, you look like uh, you want to respond? Nope. Nope. Uh, Mike? I, I don't know what to, know what to add. The um, I think Vic is a uh, is doing a great job of uh, helping the party and stepping up at a time uh, when we need somebody to step up and we'll figure out the wrangling of, of how the leadership and all those pieces will work out. Um, the party is more important than the individual. There will be opportunities for individuals to uh, 
you know, the, these these stories will will play out uh, in time, and, and I get it's a di- it's a difficult business, uh, but uh, um, but the party needs to move on, and, and I think having Vic uh, be willing to sort of step up and, and guide us uh, through the coming weeks or months, or whatever it may be, is is important and, uh, and much appreciated. Well, I mean, you know, I I don't think there's a lot of question that it would have in an election campaign you can't be dealing with this. Uh, look, I, I think yeah. it's better for the party to uh, rip off the Band-Aid and uh, let the wounds heal. Um, there's a lot of whispers going on right now about uh, some bombshells to drop, about uh, the zipper problems both in the Kathleen Wynne government as well as uh, at the federal level. Uh, it would be nice to get through our challenges right now, get a new leader in place, and move forward in a positive manner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I mean... You know, at the, at the moment, frankly, what's much more interesting to me is is um, what's going to happen going forward. I mean, here you are. Uh, the the progressive conservatives were ahead in the polls. You have a, a government that that's been in power for fifteen years, has a lot of scandals behind it, and 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 suddenly, you know, again bombshells all over the place, uh, including and especially the bombshell just dropped a few minutes ago, Mike. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, uh, if we're going to talk about the the bombshells, I think it's more interesting for uh, uh, and more helpful for the party to have a bombshell of a new leader coming into the race and then the bombshells we've uh, yeah. we've had over the last few days. So, uh, you know, while, while it's pretty hard to grade and, and, and totally understand what Doug, For- uh, Doug Ford in this race will mean, um, I appreciate uh, having the chance to discuss uh, uh, who's in and who's not in the, the leadership race more than some of the past uh, transgressions that we've had to uh, we've had to ruminate on. So um, I don't know if I can call it a mark of progress, but I'll take it. Okay. Um, before we get back to the phones, there, there's there's one question that I'm curious about. So Kevin laid out uh, kind of the the timelines just for for having a, a leadership race and uh, who can be signed up new members, you know, just in terms of the time constraints. But uh, if if the party decides something like, uh, okay, in order to be able to vote, you have to have been a member as of, you know, last Thursday, say, uh, you know, wouldn't Doug Ford uh, be saying, well, here are the elites trying to shut us down? <clears throat> well, that's, uh, I mean, that plays into Doug, Doug Ford's wheelhouse uh but at some point the facts are the facts and and uh you know i can't predict what doug's going to say on any particular issue i'm not part of his team and but i do know that the election is june 7th the writ's going to be dropped i don't know may 7th uh the executive are currently looking at having an election leadership election to be completed by march 24th which would give a new leader all of five weeks to prepare for the election um which gives the party only eight weeks to actually undertake the election and putting together a full leadership election in eight weeks is an extraordinarily contracted time frame in the first place um so uh, all I'm going to say is the rules are going to be the rules, and Doug's welcome to say what he's going to say, and he'll do whatever he possibly can, as as all can that it's will, to get as many votes as they possibly can, and the chips will fall where they may. And I'm looking forward to it being a positive contest with a positive outcome. Uh, Mike, do you see that as a potential problem? Sorry, sorry which which is uh, the problem? Well, just if if you try to cut off when people were members, uh, 
ostensibly, you know, for practical reasons, um, couldn't Doug Ford just come back and say, okay, the elites are shutting me down again? Yeah, there's going to be some wrangling for for folks like Doug Ford who want to have uh, probably as much runway as possible to sell memberships. Uh, you, you know, the Ford the Ford Nation is is, is a big list, but um, you know they haven't been mobilizing them to get ready for a provincial leadership bid. They've been mobilizing them to get ready for a, a, a mayoralty run. So. Um, uh, look, the the rules and 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 where they fall and where the the deadlines uh, get drawn are going to be really important to the different leadership camps, and that's not unique to this process. Maybe the stakes are a bit higher because there's just less uh, less time uh, afforded to us in, in general. But um, th- these are these are the type of uh, conversations and and arm wrestling that takes place in any leadership. It's going to take place in this one, uh, no differently, and. Um, and there will always be the, the, the tension between those who are sort of, uh, you know, uh, firmly in the system, uh, you know, uh, who have the, the incumbents versus the people uh, trying to trying to break into a new party. So uh, nothing surprising about it, and we'll, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Okay, uh, let's go to uh, Maria in Toronto. Hello, Maria. Hi, uh, Libby. Thank you for taking my call. I have a question uh, about Caroline Maroney. Isn't she dual citizen because she lived, she married American and lived in the States for many years. She has a children that born in the States. So the only thing that, as far as I'm concerned, is recognizable about her is that she is a daughter of Brian Maroney. And also we had Michael that came in as a professor and all has a great quality. Oh, Ignatieff, he was a liberal, of course. Well, yeah, and and also trying, you know, like he was very well qualified, and he didn't get in because he was not leaving Canada for many, many years, the same thing as Caroline Kennedy, um, Maruni. <laughs> Quite the slip of a tongue there. Uh, interesting question. I don't, I don't really know how long <laughs> she's been back here. Uh, actually, I'm not, I'm not certain either. And uh, uh, look, her, her pedigree is what it is. She's got an undergraduate degree from Harvard and uh, a law degree from New York University. How long she's back in Canada? I guess if someone, another candidate decides they want to run a campaign against Caroline like they did against Ignatieff and that came was just visiting, um, I guess they could try that. Uh, I think it's hard to imagine a successful campaign against her on that front. If she is the daughter of a Canadian Prime Minister, to, so to suggest that she doesn't have good, solid roots. Uh, but I'm not a tactician on a campaign against her, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll see lots of weird stuff coming out. Okay, thanks. Thank you very much. Bye-bye, Maria. Um, um, uh, Mike, do you have a thought on that? Yeah, it, it, uh, I guess maybe nothing will surprise me anymore, but it, but it feels to me like it would be a stretch. Uh, I, I'm not entirely familiar with uh, how much time, you know, in the last decade or so she's, she's spent here versus somewhere else or versus in the States. But um, I think Kevin point, points out well that she is the son of a, a prime minister of this country. And uh, it wouldn't be something I suspect to come up. I would hope wouldn't come up in the leadership race. But uh, that's where leadership races are important. You get to, uh, you know, you'd rather have, uh, if there's issues like that that could be of concern to the general population, I'd rather uh, have that discussion during a leadership race than before we get to a general election. And it's just one one more reason I think that 
you know, while we don't have a lot of time, the leadership race process will be important for the party. Is that is that something though that will play into this you know narrative of elites? From, we've got the son of a, a, a prime minister running the country, and, and suddenly the daughter of a prime minister is is a, a candidate. I mean, are we looking at dynasty here? I just think it, it's always been true in politics that name recognition is a huge, very, very valuable. It's why Doug Ford, uh, in some respects, on the coattails of his brother, um, has a name that uh, that means a lot and people people know. And uh, Mulroney certainly has a name that people well know. Um, uh, name recognition has always been important, and it's uh, uh, it's something. Um, you see how some people get it by you know by birth, and, and other people have to work work to achieve it for themselves. But um, always, somebody with high name recognition will always uh, you know be be part of the conversation and and have a little less work to do than than someone who has to uh, introduce themselves to the voting public. Okay, let's hear from uh, Debbie in Saint Agatha. Hi, Debbie. Hi. Um, yes, my comments are. Um uh, I'm going to assume that um, with the house cleaning that's taking place, whatever uh, candidate throws their hat into the ring at this point, no matter how popular, uh, would hope that there would not be any skeletons in their closet. And I would like to suggest that uh, Christine Elliott has a, a proven track record. Her reputation is impeccable, even when and Horvask um, complimented her when she... Um, left party um, as a lawyer and having been married to the late Jim Flaherty. She has extensive political knowledge of both federal and provincial PC history. And the other thing is, why waste the time and money to have this election when she could just be appointed uh, since she was the runner-up to Patrick Brown in the last campaign, leadership campaign. Um, So, you know, there's that to it as well. And my last comment is, uh, wouldn't it be interesting to have three female political leaders in at the same time and uh, see what, for the first time in history, that could do in Canadian politics? Uh, okay, Debbie, thanks for that. Um, Christine Elliott has said she, she doesn't want to run. Uh, well, maybe we can convince her. Uh, uh, I'll uh, I'll get some thanks Debbie for that I'll get some commentary on that I mean she has run twice and lost and she has a civil service job a very good job Uh, she's the patient ombudsman which means uh, as long as she's in that job like she she can't get involved in this in any way Uh, Christine Elliott is uh, among many quarters uh, well respected and uh, well liked accomplished woman in politics, uh, accomplished lawyer, uh, accomplished career in politics, and now the patient ombudsman. Um, it's hard to imagine, given her place in life, uh, you know, as one ages, enjoying time with her family, she's maybe learning, and, and, and I, don't, I haven't talked to Christine about this, but I, but I struggle to imagine a scenario where she's, she's getting well paid and a nice job where she's making a difference to suddenly pull her out and go through the slings and arrows of the time and energy of a campaign to be beat up to hope to win uh i just i don't i don't know her well enough but i i could very easily see why she may not want to choose to do that mike no i i understand i i think a lot goes into uh deciding to seek public office especially at a at this high a level and uh and certainly 
part of that is where are you in your professional life? And, and once you've been out of politics, it's really hard to come back around for a second tour of duty, so to speak. Um, but I will say that I, I, I imagine any woman who decides to run um, – you know, in this climate, uh, you, you know, the conservative members are going to look at really seriously. And I, I can understand just uh, in a notional way how an, a woman candidate, a woman leader would be attractive at this time. And knowing that we're going to face two other women, it, it would be, a, I think, interesting for the province to, to have that opportunity. Uh, ultimately, I think the party's responsibility is to choose the best candidate uh, for the job. And I trust that will be uh, the case here. Um, but um, but, but I, I appreciate the notion and the sentiment that uh, the time's right for, for a woman to lead the party, and I understand where that comes from. So um, I, ca I can't imagine Christine's going to change her mind at this point, but hopefully Caroline stands in, and maybe there's another candidate or two uh, yet uh, who would be willing to let their names uh, be put forward. Okay. Everybody, hang on. Uh, we are going to take this conversation to the top of the hour, uh, but we've got to take another break. I'm going to give the numbers out again uh, before we go to break. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We're going to say goodbye to uh, Mike Van Solen, uh, but Kevin is hanging around, and we're going to take more of your calls and your comments on uh, the latest bombshell Doug Ford jumping into the race and uh, all of the other questions around uh, who is going to vie to become the next premier of the province we'll be right back fight back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer radio Welcome back. Uh, today we are talking about the latest bombshell in the Ontario Progressive Conservative race. And uh, while we were on the air, Doug Ford announced that he is jumping into the race. And uh, boy, that is changing everything. Of course, uh, this is all coming following the very abrupt resignation of Patrick Brown last week. I am here with Kevin Godet, who is a conservative activist and the president of Bright Point strategy. And we are taking your calls because uh, people, boy, have a lot to say about this. Let's go to Clay in Ajax. Hi, Clay. How are you? Fine. I was just wondering, you know, they're saying about the Mulroney's daughter running, you know, does the apple fall far from the tree? I think I was still waiting for uh, Brian to pay that $300,000 that he lost the court case over. Uh, Kevin? Well, you know, Clay raises uh, an interesting phenomena that Caroline Mulroney is going to have to uh, deal with, which is that type of comment and question is going to come up. And this is part of my comment when I said earlier that she's green. It's not a criticism, it's an observation that Caroline just has not yet experienced what politics can be like, and it's a blood sport. And the facts about her father are true, and they will come up, and she's going to have to respond to them in some manner, however she chooses to do that. Uh, and that may not be fun or easy, so as long enough as, as you know, I hope for, for Ms. Mulroney's sake that as she goes into it, she goes in with her eyes wide open about what she's getting herself into. And you'd think with her father advising that she should know that, but it's just not, uh, you know, people have their elbows up because the stakes are high. Libby? Yep. You're, uh, uh, I'm not uh, being uh, any against you. You're old enough to remember the name Francis Fox? Uh, I sure am. And I, I, he didn't even get his hand slapped 
Well, different times, boy. I know, I know it's a joke. Very, very, these are very, very different times, and that is uh, number one thing that we have to recognize. I mean, back in the Francis Fox days, the media used to protect politicians. Oh, yeah, it's the chief lawmaker in the land, for God's sake. Yep. Anyway, you got a great show. Thank you very much. Appreciate that, Clay. Uh, uh, Bye. Because because she's new and because she's Caroline Mulrooney, I think the media would give her a lot of rope and a lot of freedom at the beginning, you know, to give her an opportunity to get her feet. But eventually... And if she's the only woman particularly in the race. Right. But eventually, the, the gloves will come off. Even the media will start to kick the tires of her abilities. They won't start out that way. But at some point, some of the t- tough questions will come out because they're going to want to test her mettle as well. Because that's... I mean, the media just are an important stakeholder group for a leadership candidate, a, a leader, and a, a potential premier. And, and they know that. So they won't come out guns a-blazing, but eventually they'll kick her tires. And that it's... I'm not saying that Caroline can't do it. I'm just saying that she hasn't done it yet, and it's hard work. Okay. Uh, Simone in Parkdale. Hello, Simone. Hi there. Um, I wouldn't vote for someone just because they're a woman or a man. I will vote for who I think is best as a conservative, uh, not someone leaning towards the liberal side. And I think Mulroney would, but her father, I never consider her father a real conservative anyway, more of a you know, liberal than a conservative. But uh, my choice would be a toss-up between um, Doug Ford and John Baird. John Baird is mentioned, and John Baird was a, a member of parliament under Harper. And any position you would put he in, was, he was He great. was in the Harris government before that. Yes, he was. Was, uh, provincially, and uh, but he he was good in any quick uh, position he was put in. He was tops. Uh, he was a very very quick mind. He didn't take any gumption from uh, the opposition, and uh, he was very very good. So I think I might vote for him. Well, he's he's got to be running in order in order for uh, you to well, vote. Yeah, that's right. And he's been mentioned in the paper, and I just hope he does run. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm pretty confident John uh, is thanks going. Thanks for that, Simon. I'm pretty confident John's not going to do it. Uh, he's quite enjoying his uh, business life in international, the international business world. Um, again, it comes back to a little bit like my comments about Christine, to understand the life that John is living now. He's already been a provincial cabinet minister in the Mike Harris government for uh, up to eight years, and then however many, another eight to ten years federally. I can understand why someone might choose to enjoy both the pay uh, the privacy and the quality of life in the, in the private sector, and I think that's where uh, John Baird is leaning. Okay, uh, we have time for one more call. Joan, in Burlington, you're up next, but it needs to be quick, please. Well, the first thing when I heard that Doug Ford might, is going to run, I thought, oh, my God. And then I heard someone comment about uh, we need somebody to take a bull by the horns. Quite frankly, we don't need somebody uh, like a bull in a china shop. I'm sure we could have another... Uh, display of Doug Ford being on, on late night television and making that a that, that's That was Rob Ford on late night television. No, but we don't want Doug Ford to be doing that either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we need somebody with more um, provincial experience, not somebody with municipal experience. Um, I don't think a municipal politician has enough experience to run a big party like the PCs. Okay, thanks for that, Joan. Thanks. Okay, uh, final question in 30 seconds uh, to Kevin, uh, and that is, is is John Tory clapping his hands that he may not have to face Doug Ford? Uh, and if, if Doug Ford runs and doesn't get in, uh, can he still run for mayor? I think John Tory is well positioned uh, with a wide path to victory, even if Doug did run against him, even if Doug runs after having 
should he run for the leader, uh, well, he is running for the leadership, if he loses that um, and chooses to run against Mayor Tory, Look, they're just, the, the path to victory for John right now is pretty wide, Mayor Tory, uh, and I, I'm, not, I'm not sure anything that's happening right now hurts him. If anything, like you said, there's a, a, it definitely either eliminates a barrier or reduces it. Okay. Uh, thanks very much, Kevin Godet, conservative activist and president of Bright Point Strategy. That's all the time we have. What I usually say here is Free for All Friday is coming up, so call back if you couldn't get on. But why do I have the strangest feeling that we are going to be talking about this again before the week is out? Uh, so again, that's all the time we have. Uh, thanks for all your calls, and we now break for traffic and news. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.